Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final hour of the best of the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Macatrillo here with you. Steve has the week off, but as always, in the Sunbury Motor Studio, Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Now we go back to Penn State, another successful Thon festivities, Thon 2021 raised over $10.6 million for the four diamonds at Penn State Children's Hospital. Of course, it's the world's largest student-run philanthropy, each year, Thon raises millions of dollars for Four Diamonds to fund pediatric cancer research and support children and families fighting childhood cancer. And this past year's event, which featured the theme Rise and Unify, took place using a virtual format because of the pandemic to help safeguard the health and safety of all Four Diamonds families and everyone involved. And still was a successful run for 2021 Thon. And Mike Kosicki was a part of that. Of course, the former Penn Stater, now a tight end for the Miami Dolphins. And he joined Steve a few months ago talking about the Thon initiative. Steve, what's going on, man? Uh, really appreciate you having me on. It's great to have you on, as a matter of fact. First of all, where are you right now? Are you in Florida right now? I am in uh, Fort Lauderdale, so I'm uh, I'm avoiding all of the snow and the cold weather that you guys are going through right now. <laughs> it's a far cry <laughs> from Jersey, brother. That's a far yeah, cry from Jersey. Yeah, definitely a far away from up. Jersey. <laughs> well, first of all, the cause of Thon. You and your teammates here at Penn State were always so active with this, and we're going to hear from Amani Oruwariye coming up as well. Uh, but. What, do, what does this cause mean, and how much did you learn about it? And then once you really learned about it and got involved in it, what did it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, Thon is something that's, you know, very important to me as well as, you know, every other Penn Stater out there. Um, you know, when when you get on campus as a freshman, you know, you hear about it, and uh, you, know, you truly don't understand how special it is until, you know, you're, you're in the BJC and, um, you know, you're, uh, you know, Taking part of you know that and that and that great weekend and you know everything that goes into it, um, but I think that you know the the preparation and you know the people that are fundraising and you know the people that are going from door to door and all that kind of stuff that you know goes on months and months before uh, you know before those forty six hours uh, you know take place. Um, you know they deserve a ton of credit as well. Um, but you know overall, obviously, it is truly special, um, a truly special event to be a part of. When you walked into the Jordan Center for the first time to see it, I'm going to assume you probably were still a true freshman at that point. Mm-hmm. What hit you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was my freshman year. Um, had the uh, had the athletes come up and do their dance and all that kind of thing, and uh, you know, just to to be in there and you know see that atmosphere and just see um, you know the Penn State community you know come together as one uh, for an entire weekend. 
for such an unbelievable cause for you know these uh, for these children and for their families. Um, you know, you see you see smiles, you see tears, you see you see every emotion in that um, in the BJC. You know, during those times, and uh, you know, it, it truly you know goes full circle. And um, uh, like I said, you know, it's something special to be a part of. You're in the process now of carving out the kind of pro career that I think Jack Ham and I both thought you were going to have. Uh, you had to make tr- the transition, though. How did Penn State prepare you to allow you to make the transition to being a pro? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, that's something that kind of Penn State preaches in the recruiting process, and uh, and it's something that a lot of teams do, but I don't know that – you know, lives up to their word, but I know Penn State does. Um, you know, they, they prepare you in every way possible, whether it's life, whether it's academics, whether it's athletically. Um, so they do everything and anything in their power to help that you can be. Um, so, you know, not only did, you know, the, the football aspect, you know, prepare me for my career and, you know, um, you know, helping me make plays on Sundays, all that kind of stuff, but, you know, it also, you know, taught me how to, you know, handle different situations. Um, you know how to be you know more mature you know I grew up a lot in state college and, um, you know so I think just you know the ton of different ways that uh, you know Penn State uh, you know helped you know mold me into who I am today now experience in the league also means something where were you better this past season just because you had experience under your belt yeah absolutely I think you know um, you know the more you play and you know the more years and you know, the more games that um, that you're a part of, uh, the game just kind of slows down. So, you know, you just see things happen before they, before they, you know, actually do happen in real, in real life time. Uh, you're able to read defenses quicker. You're able to, you know, just kind of, you know, run routes differently, see how things are, you know, unfolding in front of you. I know it's, you know, kind of like cliche and, you know, that's, you know, what people say happens, but it's true. Um, you know, that's why you see a lot of guys that have been in the league for a really long time. Um, you know, maybe they're a little bit older, so they're a little bit slower, not as strong as the other thing. But, uh, you know, they have a lot of the, uh, the mental capacity uh, of, of the game. So they're able to still go out there and make plays each and every week because of, you know, of all the experience that they have. And, you know, I think that puts them at, a, uh, at an extreme advantage. The Dolphins are an interesting situation. I mean, they end up being a double-digit win team. I think you, what, you won 10 this year. And you just missed out in the playoffs. Meanwhile, in the NFC, if you have seven wins, you win the division and you're in. But that's a different story. But the direction of the program is interesting. What kind of confidence is there now in Dolphins football just based on what you guys did this past season? Yeah, I think that there's a ton of confidence in uh, in our team and our organization and uh, and as it should be. You know, uh, you know, Coach Flores has done a phenomenal job since he got down here. Um, you know, just kind of building the uh, the chemistry, building this atmosphere down here in South Florida. Um, and then uh, you know, a lot of you know, all the guys in in the locker room have done a you know phenomenal job. Um, you know, just buying in and doing what they're supposed to do, um, and creating you know a uh, a culture down here uh, in South Florida that. You know our fans deserve, and you know, everybody that supports the Miami Dolphins uh, deserve. So, uh, you know, we're excited to continue to grow, develop, and uh, you know, just keep building on it. Which now brings us to the next part: uh, Tuatunga Viola fits. Uh, interesting. What have you learned being around each? Because look, putting you in the middle is not gonna, is the right not the right thing here. What have you learned from working with each guy? 
Yeah, uh, you know, they're both, you know, extremely professional. Um, I think it just goes back to, you know, about experience. Um, you know, Fitz is obviously a phenomenal, you know, teammate. Um, has had a ton of success in, in the in the NFL. He's helped me out a ton, you know, helping me, you know, learn and grow and develop. Uh, so I give him a ton of credit. And then Tua did a phenomenal job as well, you know, from the second that he got on the field, uh, you know, going out there, making plays, playing with confidence, playing fast, you know, being a leader as a young guy. Um, and then, you know, I think our relationship, you know, grew and, can, and continued to, uh, you know, build week in and week out. Um, so, I mean, I love playing with him, loved playing with Fitz when, you know, when he was in there. Um, and I think that, that speaks volumes to our locker room. You know, a lot of guys, um, you know, handled everything, you know, with, with maturity, with class, and, and with professionalism. So, uh, you know, you got to tip your hats off to them as well. Uh, yeah, no question. How anxious are you to not only get back on the field, but to get on the field with a full house? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's I can't wait, man. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be great. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's some things that you know still have to take place in order to get there. You know, I think that hopefully things continue to move in the right direction, and um, you know, hopefully we can get our fans back in the back in the stadium. You know, kind of get that atmosphere again. Um, so, uh, you know, as long as things continue to move the, in the direction that they are, and uh, you know, people continue to be safe and all that kind of stuff, uh, definitely something that all of us athletes, you know, not just football, but basketball, baseball, everything. Um, and then the fan aspect as well, you know, from their uh, point of view, I think everybody's excited. Um, so uh, it's definitely something to look forward to. I don't think the Marlins attendance has changed at all. No, it's a different story. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, back to the original point that we had, and that was talking about Thon. In this virtual weekend, what are you encouraging people to do? Yeah, I think the biggest part um, of this entire, you know, weekend is obviously, you know, you know, understanding the the big picture of you know why uh, you know this weekend's taking place. Um, you know, helping out, you know, all these families and you know, acknowledging, um, you know, their overall situation and what kind of what they've gone through, um, and then you know, just bringing awareness to it so they can uh, so people can continue to donate, people can continue to help. Um, and I think that the more awareness that's brought to to Thon and to this situation, and you know, to you know, all of these children and their families, um, you know, with uh, with this cancer, um, I think that that's something that you know, the more people that are uh, are aware of it, it's just going to continue to grow and build and help. Um, so you know, I can't I can't say enough about you know those those children and those families. Um, you know how strong, how inspirational they are. Um, so uh, just going to continue to, you know, play my very, very small part. Mike, you're special. Always have been, always will be. Appreciate it very much, my friend. All right, Steve. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy that snow up in State College, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, enjoy the sunshine in Fort Lauderdale, Michael. <laughs> yeah, will do. I'll talk to you soon. And that is former Penn Stater Mike Kosicki. Always good to hear from him. And, of course, doing things well right now with the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Coming up in the final half hour of the show, we're going to keep things local. We go to Bucknell football and replay our interview with head coach Dave Cicchini the last time he joined us, recapping a successful year for the Bison football program, reaching the Patriot League title game. And, of course, Dave Cicchini was named a finalist for the Eddie Robinson Award as FCS Coach of the Year. So that interview is coming up in the final half hour as we continue on the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final half hour of the show here on a best of the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve has a much deserved week off, and he's always in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We go now to Bucknell football, a successful year, one of the more successful years for the Bison football program, finishing up the second year under Dave Giacchini, now quickly turns the page to get ready for his third year this fall. And, of course, led the Bison to the Patriot League title game, the first one ever held in the shortened season because of the pandemic. There was no fall season in 2020. And Dave Giacchini leading the program to a title game berth and also was named a finalist for the Eddie Robinson Award as FCS Coach of the Year. And he joined Steve a few months ago at the conclusion of the season. Yeah, it's great to be here, Steve. Uh what was your reaction when you found out? Now, look, I know that this is, a, this is a team game. It's a real team game for the coaches. But the fact that you, and I'll say on behalf of your coaching staff, were represented with being a finalist for the Eddie Robinson Award. Well, I, I tell you, it, it, it's humbling, uh, but it really is a testament to our staff. Um, you know, this, this year being so unique, uh, just to get your team to the season itself, just to be able to play uh, a game uh, became a challenge uh, in itself, and, and uh, we did a, a great job. I, I've got a great group of young men uh, who are assistants that um, you know uh, worked tirelessly. Uh, we were short-staffed for most of, of the year. Uh, there was a hiring freeze on campus, and, and uh, as we lost a coach here or there, uh, we weren't able to uh, to uh, fill those open positions. So we had a lot of guys on our staff that were wearing a bunch of different hats. Uh, not always. You know, able to focus on the game of football when they're worrying about uh, filming practices and, and things like that. So it was a huge challenge for us to overcome, and, and I think uh, it, that's that's great recognition for all of my assistants uh, to have my name uh, up there as a finalist. You and I both know it is uh, almost impossible, not completely, but almost impossible to win a game when you turn it over five times. 
in the in the end, I mean, how much did that put you behind the eight ball trying to fight uphill all afternoon? Yeah, it was uh, it was terrible. It was it was nearly insurmountable. Uh, right from the second offensive snap that we ran, we we threw an interception, which was a great play uh, by the Holy Cross inside linebacker. Phenomenal play. You just got to shake some of those off. Those happen sometimes, uh, but uh, we just kept compounding it. You know, we, we went down seventeen nothing early. Nobody on our team panicked. We're a veteran group. We hung in there. We dug in. Started playing better defense and tackling. Started moving the ball on offense, and we were slowly chipping it away and going into the second half chipping it away but then again our last four possessions of the game when we needed points when we needed to to finish that comeback uh we threw three interceptions and and unfortunately had a bad snap uh go over our punter's head for a safety and man, that's a tough way to end a season <laughs> to, to be close to be involved in a championship game and, and then that to, to be the kind of the, the taste that's left in your mouth after it's all said and done from, from one really bad quarter and a bunch of turnovers unfortunately all right. Um, as a coach, when did you start thinking about the fall? Saturday night? <laughs> yesterday? Yeah, definitely Saturday night. Uh, it's, it's you're always thinking. You're always moving on, and and you have to be forward thinking, particularly when the fall is just around the corner. It's not like a normal season where you know you've got uh, nine months to, to slowly get through recruiting and reevaluate, watch your cutoffs, you know. Uh, analyze the season, what you did great and what you need to work on, and, and we're just on fast forward right now. We've, we've got to get caught up with recruiting here in the spring, and, and we've got a season that's that's coming up four months away, and, and so it's it's uh, less than half the lead time you know, you normally have getting ready for a season. So so really, just the circumstances force you to just think about that. You know, there, there, there really is no time to dwell on what happened. It's about, hey, how are you going to get your, you know, this, this group of uh, of young men that are returning and an incoming class of freshmen, how you're going to get them ready uh, by the time August rolls around here and, and uh, the next season's upon us. So let's pick up on that theme right there. Of the players that you played this spring that will be back for the fall, what kind of foundation do you feel that you laid so that when you get to training camp, you're on the fast track with certain things? Yeah, you know, I, I got to give credit to our seniors. Uh, they did a phenomenal job this year. They really were outstanding leaders. And I think they really set the bar. You know, I, I think every senior class that's going to come through here uh, while I'm the head coach is going to be measured by what our senior class did here. Uh, again, with the amount of adversity and, you know, how easy it would have been for a lot of them, like a lot of schools where guys just opted out of the season and or, or went into the transfer portal and, and left. We didn't have a single player that didn't come back. Nobody transferred. Guys stuck with it. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the reasons why we were as successful as we were this this season was because of them. Uh, so they've, they, they've built that foundation. Now, we're losing a lot of good football players, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Right. So there there's a void that's, that's there that uh, we've got some good young players that, that need to step up and have great you know summers here and preparing themselves to, to move into starting positions. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, we're a little bit uh, better in terms of the amount of players uh, that, that come back. And we lose Logan Bittercoffer, our starting quarterback. Uh, we lose P.J. Barr. 
uh, our, our best offensive lineman who started uh, at, at every single one of our offensive line positions in all my years of coaching. I've never seen an offensive lineman been able to do that, but he did it and he did it well. And, and so those are a couple of uh, uh, big losses that we have um, on the offensive side of the ball. We have a bunch of really good players coming back. Uh, Brandon Sanders, a first-team all-conference player. Dominic Lyles, a second-team all-conference player. We've got uh, some young running backs that, 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 that have, have played an awful lot of football for us and they're going to be coming back and and again we have a lot of these offensive linemen who started as true freshmen that are going to be coming back and have great careers ahead of themselves so so certainly a lot uh, that we're losing uh, in terms of that senior leadership but there's awful a lot uh, an awful lot of optimism looking into the season here and and uh, some of the young players that, that are looking to step into their shoes and, and and hopefully continue this program on the upward swing obviously you have to as an employee of the university stick to exactly what they need and want and you talked about the hiring freeze uh is there any indication where the door may be open for you to fill your positions yeah i, I think so you know we've we you know bucknell's done a tremendous job i mean uh, gosh it's we're, we're certainly not the only school that that experiences i mean you can look at some of the fbs programs and what they've gone through here over uh this off season uh you know bucknell has been very well prepared uh, for this and and uh, I think now that we are entering this uh, the end the last couple of weeks here of this semester uh, we're going to be in great shape uh, financially and and with that hopefully uh, the university will be able to kind of resume normal operations as we get into the summer here uh, and we can get the rest of our staff filled okay so how do you want to handle this offseason how do you want to handle have you started to think about how you want to handle the preseason since you played four games and played four games into mid to late april yeah absolutely i mean that's that's big in your thinking you know you, you've got to turn around time that's a lot shorter uh four games isn't a lot but it's still you know so we've got some players that are working on injuries and are going to have to to heal up uh, so we're going to have to be uh, more careful in August than we have in a typical preseason camp, which you know sometimes you can liken to a meat grinder, right? You just grind yeah. through it and have a lot of uh, long days and a lot of contact, and you get you know these guys just toughened up, and and that's not going to be the way that we're going to be able to approach camp uh, in August. We're going to have to make sure uh, that our young players get a lot of snaps, our incoming freshmen, uh, and but the guys that are returning, we're going to make sure that we need them. We got we. we we worked through, you know, what wound up being, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a, uh, a spring ball on steroids, right? We practiced instead of one month and 15 practices, right. we got about four times the amount of practices, including games, and, and that's given us a leg up, um, you know, going into August camp. But we really got to make sure that, that we don't, uh, you know, hurt ourselves by not allowing our guys, our returning players, to make sure uh, that they're in the best shape they've fully recovered and and that they're you know ready to take on uh, the physical rigors of you know a season that's you know going to be 11 games or longer here coming up this fall what's the dead period been like for you to negotiate in terms of the recruiting part of it yeah well i'll be honest a lot of it's been welcome because we've been in season <laughs> you know if you right, think no, about exactly. it normally yeah, that helps. throughout uh may and and uh you know parts of april we're out on the road recruiting and and uh, just with having the rigors of, of dealing the logistics of dealing with the season uh it's it's been a little bit of a godsend uh, for us i mean that being said we're definitely behind 
uh, like any other school in the normal recruiting process. But uh, that that is something that uh, I, I don't know how many times I said to myself, "Gosh, thank goodness uh, you know, we're in the middle of a season right now." Because uh, if, if other teams, uh, FBS or FCS level teams, if they were out on the road recruiting while you know we were uh, you know out on the practice field, the game field, getting ready for football games, uh, that really would have put us behind the ball. Obviously, the. Uh the recruit is not just recruiting, but obviously there's transfers. Now basketball is far more pronounced. I mean, Nate Sistina went to Kentucky from Bucknell. John Meeks just ended up going to Charleston. Here I know Barney Amore is the former punter at Colgate's transferred in, and he's here. Do do you have to recruit re-recruit some of your own players? Is that any thought for you uh, at Bucknell, your level? Uh, well, you you always have that. You know that's that's a part of the college game. And as the NCAA loosens its restrictions and and gives more power to the student athlete, that it has become a bigger and and bigger part of uh, just uh, retaining uh, your your uh, student athletes, not just recruiting them. So it is a part. We're very very fortunate at Bucknell that you know we're, we're talking about you know really less than five percent of our team. So. You know, most of the players, one of the nice things of being at a university that has such a rich and well-deserved academic reputation that we have, there are a lot of players that are here, uh, understand the value of a Bucknell education. They're not just going to college so that they can play football. And that, when that's the case, you tend to get people who are going to stick it out. You know, they might not be a starter, they might be a backup, maybe even a backup to someone who is a year younger than them, you know, eligibility-wise. But most of our guys have a great head on their shoulders that mature, uh, and because they enjoy just the overall experience of Bucknell, uh, they tend to stick it around here a little bit longer than I think at most institutions. Well, Coach, I think we have some connection issues with Steve, uh, so I'll have to let you go. I appreciate the time as always. Congratulations on a terrific season, and we look forward to seeing you guys up in the fall at Christie Matthewson Memorial Stadium. Sure, no problem. You guys take care. And that is Bucknell head football coach Dave Cicchini from a few months ago. After a successful season for the Bison football program, it is good to see this program start to take some of those next steps and looking forward to what they have in store for the 2021 season. Going to be a challenging one. A lot of good teams on the list on the non-conference schedule. And, of course, the conference schedule, always tough for the Patriot League. So we'll look forward to that in the 2021 fall season for the Bucknell Bison football program. That's going to do it for this edition of the Best of the Steve Jones Show. It was fun being localized today. Our thanks again to Micah Shrewsbury, Steve Keener, Micah Sicky, and Dave Giacchini. And thank you for tuning in. As well, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. You don't want to miss tomorrow's edition of A Best Of. We're going to relive NFL Draft Day from round one from this past year. Mel Reese, Ruben Frank, Pat Fryermuth, now a Steeler, and the voice of the Steelers, Bill Hillgrove, all coming up in tomorrow's show. You don't want to miss that. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the best of the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK.